0: You're listening to the Charity Champions podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast, and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our charity champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, the Heart of Texas Veterans One-Stop.
1: Veterans aren't really good about asking for help, but they're the first to stand up and say, how do I help someone else?
0: Director Delisa Russell talks to us about how the One Stop started, what services they provide, and some pretty alarming statistics.
1: Our largest growing population of homeless veterans is actually our female veterans, and many of them actually have children.
0: And now, let's get to know our charity champion. Well, welcome to the podcast, Elisa. I had the pleasure of going over to the Veterans One Stop this summer and taking a tour, and it was amazing. So for the people who are not aware, can you kind of uh, introduce yourself and then talk about the Veterans One Stop?
1: Absolutely. Uh, my name is Delisa Russell, and I am the director of the Veterans One Stop. Very excited to be the first in the nation uh, to provide this very inclusive service for our veterans that we try to, all of our fundamental services there for the veterans in one location, therefore the name One Stop.
2: So when you say you're the first in the nation, how do you describe that compared to all the other services that are available?
1: Well, there are so many services out there for veterans, like you say, um, whether it be for the behavioral health needs like counseling, whether it be to address things like employment, or whether it be to look at claims, or just that camaraderie. What is really amazing about our center is that we do it all under one roof. And so for our veterans that often maybe have the frustration of being sent so many different places or not being able to know what is out there and having to get referrals to go from place to place to place, they only have to go to one.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Randy and I have had the opportunity to come over. You've given us a tour of your entire facility. And I'll tell you what, it's happening over there. There's buzzing all the time. There seems to be a lot of people there. So can you kind of give us an idea of what, you know, a day looks like at the one stop?
1: Well, I'd like to say that there's just one single day at the One Stop, but like you say, it's buzzing and every day is just a little bit different. I like to tell you about Wednesdays. Let's talk about Wednesdays. Wednesdays are really exciting day to come to the Veterans One Stop. Uh, We're very fortunate here in Waco and in Central Texas that our community really supports what we're doing. And so we took a trip over to Lowe's one day because we were saying, you know, we've got a microwave, we've got a refrigerator. What? If we had a stove, we could cook around here every once in a while. And so we went in, and the folks at Lowe's were so receptive to what we were doing. They came over, and they saw what we were doing, that they came in, and they put in a $70,000 kitchen.
2: I've seen it. It's beautiful. With
1: all the bells and whistles. And so we also have a wonderful group of volunteers. We call them the Kitchen Angels, and they come in that beautiful kitchen every, every Wednesday, and they cook breakfast and lunch for veterans and family members. It may be someone who just got out of the military who's on their way to work uh, and they stop by and they have breakfast or it may be a World War II vet that stops by. But we usually have at least 200 people come and have lunch and breakfast at the Veterans One Stop every Wednesday. It was
0: amazing. I saw so many people sitting together, you know, young people with older people, all different types of people sitting together, breaking bread, having a meal. It was a really cool thing to see.
1: Well, you know, we talk a lot that we're part of a military family. My father was a combat vet. My husband did 25 years. Um, So these are my family members. And so I think that that's why it's so very personal to me to make sure that we're taking care of our veterans.
0: Let's talk about that. What's your background? Kind of how did you get to fall in love with veterans and the veterans one stop?
1: Well, being a daddy's girl, of course, right there. I told you my dad was a combat vet. I am a clinician by background. I am a licensed social worker for the state of Texas as well as a licensed professional counselor. And while we were in the middle of Iraq, that was when really I started taking my clinical skills and started working with the military and actually worked all over the nation with the Department of Defense, uh, designing programs to work with our service members when they came back. Excellent.
2: How did this start? Take us back to the beginning of how this whole thing started and kind of bring us up to where we are right now.
1: Absolutely. Well, I was just mentioning uh, whenever we were in Iraq. Well, when we started to get out of Iraq about 2012, the different community members here in Waco started saying, we need to be able to take care of our veterans. They saw a big increase in veteran homelessness, uh, veterans that were getting out needing jobs, uh, the behavioral health needs, obviously. Um, and so all these entities were talking and said, how do we help our veterans? Our local mental health authority, MHMR, had a building down on Austin Avenue, and they said, well, we could actually donate a building and everyone could come there and office there in that building. So our County veteran service officer, Steve Hernandez was very open to that. And so they moved the offices there, um, as well as with MHMR and the local mental health authority, they, uh, made sure that there was staff there. We got a grant from the Texas Veterans Commission at that time to look at employment, and so we added an employment officer there, and then people also looking at the behavioral health needs. So many offices in that little house there on Austin Avenue, because they only had to make one stop, hence the name, you have the Veterans One Stop.
0: (laughs) And so that was on Austin, and now it's over, where are you guys now?
1: We are at 2010 LaSalle. So fast forward to 2014, MHMR agreed that they would actually get a bigger building, a building they said that I would never be able to fill up. I guess I showed them, right? <laughs> um, and said, hey, we can, we can have this bigger building. That's whenever I came on uh, to the staff there as the director of the Veterans One Stop. And so what we, we wanted to do was to take all of these offices and all these wonderful things that we were doing and actually do a lot more programming. Uh, We partner with many, many veteran service uh, organizations like the Blue Star Mothers, the uh, VFW, the American Legion, um, the Vietnam Veterans of America. And everybody came over and we said, look, why don't we give you an office here at the One Stop? Why don't we continue this thought of bringing everybody together in one place. And so the Veterans One Stop really doesn't just belong to the local mental health authority or the county. It belongs to everybody. Everybody there is giving back to the One Stop and giving back to the veterans. And it is truly that collaborative effort that I think makes us so special.
0: So when we were walking around there, I just felt like the place went on for days and days. Can you talk about some of the different stuff you have at the One Stop for Veterans?
1: Well, I mentioned our wonderful kitchen that was provided by Lowe's, but we also have been able to identify other needs that we needed. I will make reference to our our community partners, rebath really stepped up and said, look, why don't we see if we can put shower facilities as well as laundry facilities that veterans might could use. Uh, we talked to the Guardians for Heroes and said, what if we had a gym? You know, these kitchen angels are making some really good food over here. Maybe we need to start thinking about getting a gym in here because, as you know, our military members really love to, to stay physically fit. Yeah, And so we have a gym there. We have a media room. We have a chapel. You know, you can't. Can't really look just at the physical and the the economic and and everything without looking at the spiritual needs of our of our veterans. And so we actually have that, which I'm excited to say we've even had a wedding in that chapel. Really? So, yeah, absolutely. Wow.
0: Tell me about that. Who was that for?
1: Well, we have a veteran who she actually serves on our board, and they were getting married, and they thought, what better place to do it than with family? Uh, now, I will tell you, she the date wound up coinciding with our Thanksgiving Day meal, of which we had over 500 people there. So talk about a big wedding party. That's uh, <laughs> We had cake and turkey.
0: So she had a pretty big uh, <laughs> roster of people at her wedding.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, many people standing up.
0: I also saw that you had a closet for clothes and stuff for veterans who are doing like interviews who may not have that sort of stuff. Is that right?
1: Yes, we do have two clothes closets there. We have our everyday, you know, jeans and boots because uh, we do live in Waco, <laughs> as well as our professional clothes closet. So a veteran could come in, get a suit, a tie, you know, a pair of professional work shoes that they could really walk into that interview interview confidence in their dress and everything, as well as all the wonderful experience they had that they're bringing forward into their civilian life.
0: So when we did the video interview with you, the backdrop for that interview was this wall that you guys have there. Can you kind of tell me about that wall?
1: Absolutely. That is the wall of honor. One thing that we, we say when you come to the one stop, it's not just a big building full of offices. It's like a home. And so we want people to feel that when you walk into somebody's home, what do you see? You see their picture on the wall. Mm-hmm. So we're so excited when people walk into the one stop because you're seeing all these faces of people that have come before you, or maybe have just gotten out of the military. We even have a few that are still serving active duty up on that wall but um, it's wonderful many people come and they put all of their family members I have many generations that have served Um, I have a couple that have even served all the way from the American Revolution forward and so it tells the story you see the faces you see the people that are there that this this was built for
0: It was really interesting to, you could spend hours just standing at the wall kind of looking at all the pictures and kind of going through and saying, who are all these people that are amazing that are from this area that have served our military? It's really amazing.
1: What I I really love too, I love to tell a story about that wall is I had two uh, two of our veterans there because we have a volunteer program called the Military Veteran Peer Network. And that's really what makes the magic happen is all the volunteers that come. We have over 100 volunteers that are there making the one-stop work. Well, I had these two gentlemen sitting next to each other, and as you know, sometimes when that happens, stories start to happen. Mm -hmm. And so as they were talking, they realized they were talking about a conflict where they fought right next to each other but they didn't recognize each other because I'm not saying that they didn't look exactly like they did when they were in their 20s, but they didn't recognize each other. So through this wall, what I have done is we have numbers on the picture. So when you walk up and you say, hey, I know that person, because, you know, we've all been to our high school reunions and we remember what we looked like in high school. I know that person. Then they can go over and there is a book there that the person can tell their story. And we've actually had veterans that have reconnected because, of that wall and and have found each other again.
0: That's amazing. So uh, what are some of the needs of veterans that people may not think of immediately?
1: I'll tell you a story in the sense that we had a visitor come down and ask me that same question and one thing that we had identified was that there are not a lot of housing opportunities for veterans who have families mm-hmm. and so there may be there may be something out there but what does somebody who have a family has a family do as far as the housing and we know that there's a lot of our, our more recently discharged vets that may wind up sleeping on their mother-in-law's couch. Mm-hmm. So what do we do on that? And so they ask, you know, Delisa, if you could have anything to go along with what you're doing here at the One Stop, what would you like? And I mentioned that, and so we're so excited that we are going to open our first veteran transition house here in Waco that is a three-bedroom, a two-bath house that we'll be able to bring a veteran who has a family to live in for six to nine months, surround them with all the services that we have at the Veterans One Stop, helping them find a job, seeing if they have any counseling needs see if they you know need a help with a claim what is it that they need keep them there for six to nine months launch them on and bring on our next family and my hope is that other people will see the success of this and we will have our own veterans village per se in Waco Texas
2: that's really exciting where where's the house at
1: It is off of University Parks Drive down around the Loop, a a brand-new Stylecraft home. Stylecraft built this house, no cost, for the Veterans One Stop.
2: That is incredible. That is awesome. I bet that's really exciting and pumps energy into the One Stop, and people get fired up about that.
1: Well, you know, I think most people that know me know there's no lack of energy there.
2: (laughs) I would attest to that, yes, 100%.
1: What really gets me excited is every day seeing the numbers increase. When we first started this venture back in that little house on Austin Avenue, we were probably doing about 1,800 services a year. The first year we moved into our new building, it was 9,600. Last year was 19,400. And just in the last three months, we've already had 6,400 people come in and get a service at the Veterans One Stop. So um, like that old Kevin Costner movie, you build it and they'll come. I think (laughs) that we are a true example. of that
2: well how in the world do you take care of that many needs you know, on the staff that you have?
1: Well, I mentioned the volunteers. I mean, absolutely. We have probably only about four full-time staff members and then obviously our veteran service officers who who are there partnering along with us. But it's, it's really, it's the community. We've had people come down from Houston, Oklahoma City. We've had calls from all over the nation saying, what is it that you're doing there? How are you doing this? And I talk over and over the word collaboration continues to work i mean even having the recognition from tfnb and being a charity champion that just shows continued collaboration all of us working together i mean one person one organization really can't do this we have veteran service organizations opening up all over the nation and if you look at the statistics most of those fail within the first two years. And I think it's because they don't have that collaboration. For us to make a difference, it truly takes everyone.
0: So what are some of the stories of the people that are coming into your One Stop? Can you kind of tell us about these people?
1: I get very excited from all the different types of veterans. I mean, we have World War II veterans, and who doesn't get excited to hear those stories? And really, for them to come in and and to tell those stories and that the light in their eyes when they talk about, you know, flying and and everything during World War II, that's a wonderful story. Whether it be a a female veteran, um, I don't know if everyone is aware that our largest growing population of homeless veterans is actually our female veterans, and many of them actually have children. And so to have a female veteran come in like we've had, that we've been able to help find employment, uh, be able to help uh, surround them and help them, whether it be somebody, you know, obviously as a clinician, the behavioral health component is near and dear to my heart. Uh, We lose over 22 people a day to suicide. That that really has rocked our community even recently.
2: When you say 22 people a day, is that in Nationally,
1: it is nationally. It is nationally, and though they said, "Oh, we've made great improvements," we may have taken it down to twenty. How that's, that's how, twenty too many. Yeah, twenty too many, and and also because we don't we don't talk about the fact if they were in an automobile accident or something like that 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 could have been a potential suicide, and I have an open door. I always have a pot of coffee on, and I have uh, something there for somebody to come in. Veterans aren't really good about asking for help, but they're the first to stand up and say, how do I help someone else? And so by having these veterans there at the one stop, and we always have volunteers there, a veteran can walk in and know that there's always somebody there that cares. If somebody comes in and they need behavioral health counseling or just a a listening ear, there's somebody there. They don't have to worry about if they get an appointment in a week or a month or I can see you two weeks from Friday. When you walk into my door, I'm going to see you today and I will make sure that whenever you get ready to walk out, you'll have a plan of when you're going to come back and how we're going to address those needs. So nobody walks away. We talk about we don't let go of your hand until somebody else has the other. And again, I think that that's another way that we are hoping to reduce that suicide rate. Wow.
2: So if I was listening to this podcast and I had a heart to do something, what would you recommend? What would be a first step if I wanted to somehow get involved?
1: Well, if you're a veteran, I'm going to say, how come you're not already at the Veterans One Stop? And I'm going to I'm going to have you come in and go through our, our volunteer training, and you're going to walk away with that T-shirt that says, thank you for your service. We still need you. Because I do. I need you every day. Um, you are needed. You make a difference. Come down. If you don't need something for yourself, be there and help your brothers and sisters. Um, so if you're a veteran, I'd say, go to 2010 LaSalle. If you're a family member, I wanna emphasize the fact that you do not have to worry about whether or not uh, we are there for you. You do not effectively treat a veteran unless you were there for their family. And that's one thing that we definitely take care of at the Veterans One Stop, that the family member is as important to us as the veteran. So even if your veteran is deceased, you can still come in and get services. You can still come in and be a part of what we're doing. Maybe it was even your parent. Maybe you grew up a military brat like my kids. You, know? <laughs> you can still come over and be a part of what we're doing. I will tell you always the ask is that everything that we are doing is by grants and the generous donation of our community. So if you feel a need that you want to contribute to something, there are wonderful charities out there. But I can tell you that 100% of what comes into the Veterans One Stop stays at the Veterans One Stop. And that's another way that we've been able to grow and do everything we did because of the generous donations of others.
2: Do you have any, any events that you put on or any type of fundraisers that people should know about?
1: Well, events, we could talk all day about events. I mean, I just, I mentioned about the Thanksgiving meal and 758 veterans and family members came over and broke bread at the Veterans One Stop. And that's a wonderful thing. We are one of 15 cities in the nation that have been selected to be a part of Navy Week, though I don't know where they're going to park the boat. Um, (laughs)
2: Lake Waco, I guess.
1: (laughs) We are going to be Navy Week. And the Veterans One Stop's proud that we are going to be putting on a 5K during that. Um, So that is...
2: Randy, that, I, your name's all over there. Yeah, sure.
1: So we're excited. We expect a tf uh, and team out there now. We want, <laughs> we want to see you represented. Uh, that's another thing that we have going on. We have not in the past had balls or any major fundraisers, but that is something that is definitely on the horizon, because as we continue to grow and the flood continues to come in of these veterans and these service members, I think we're going to need to do that to make sure that we're sustainable. The people are coming. I I say uh, it's amazing to me that people still walk in every day and said, I had no idea this was here. I only wish that I would have known about this, you know, whenever my. son came through so I could show them this and and things like that. Um, One thing that we really need to do and where we've been very fortunate by being announced at the Baylor Games and things like that is the exposure. There may be a veteran out there that doesn't know about us and that really should not be an excuse. We should make sure that they find out about us. And so we need to get the word out, whether it's by word of mouth or or whatever we need to do. We need to make sure that they know that we are there.
0: I would assume also there's a large veteran population in Central Texas. Is that correct?
1: Yes, and not just in the Waco area. I think a lot of people don't realize how many veterans are out in our rural areas. And so that's also a dream of, of mine and the, the people at the Veterans One Stop is that we could actually open up satellite offices in our rural areas that um, perhaps one day we'll get a van that we can transport these people into into town to be able to get that and, and make sure that their needs are being met as well.
2: You went from a number of years, it's like, doubled almost every year the number of people that you serve.
1: Well, if you if you look in the past three years from 1,800 to 9,600 to 19,400, and I do want to make sure that we look at it. It's not just people, but it's services. What is a service at the Veterans One Stop? You know, if they were going to one office, you could count them just as as one service. But what's wonderful at the Veterans One Stop is they don't just get one service. They could come in and they could see a claims officer. They could get a counselor. They can get a new suit. Uh, They could get somebody that's going to help them take that uh, military resume and turn it into a civilian resume. They can get all of these things. So who knows how many services really get captured because we're so busy over there with our With our volunteers and staffs, I don't even think that we record everything we do.
0: I think that was probably one of the most challenging things. So I'm also a veteran. And as I got out, one of the most challenging things was translating my military experience into something that a civilian employer would be able to look at and say, oh, yes, this would be a good fit for this. So do you, you help people with that as well?
1: We are doing that. also uh, looking and collaborating here with the bank of, of looking at financial planning, at looking at credit, um, things that, you know, when you were busy staying alive, you weren't really thinking about all of that. And so now you have the time to do that. And that is very important in, so, in civilian life to make sure that you're doing that. And our collaborative efforts with our community partners Uh, with our volunteers with people who have had experience in doing that to take all of these wonderful things that you did when you raised your hand for our nation and now us surrounding you and making sure that you move forward and be successful
3: earlier you mentioned something I think I understood this that there were other service providers under the same roof with uh, Vet one stop are there others that don't have offices there yet that you would like to see there
1: well, I tell everybody, come on over. I mean, the the, the door's never locked. I mean, we all have the same mission to take care of our veterans. We haven't turned down a, a veteran service organization yet that wants to be a part of it. I will tell you, I need another building. I uh-huh. mean, we could continue to, we could build a skyscraper over there with the things that we need. Even if we can't put you in an office, I could make sure that you have a meeting room. We're very fortunate that we have meeting rooms there that people can come in and collaborate. Right there uh, most people that are part of what we're doing we give them a key to the door and say lock up when you go home okay
3: well you said earlier that you're kind of one of a kind in the nation and i was wondering are there are there people calling in and trying to learn how to do this so they can do it elsewhere
1: Absolutely. I mean, we just had a group that came in from Oklahoma. We've had groups that have come in from the Houston area, from the Dallas area to look at what we're doing. So we are making sure and making a good best practices notebook and so if somebody hears this podcast and they say I want to do that they can give us a call over at the Veterans One Stop I am more than happy to go to them this last week um, I traveled to Austin and met with Colonel Paladino, the head of the Texas Veterans Commission and said how do we do this across the nation we know that there are all these organizations how can we all collaborate together And really that's what we're looking is I think that there are many people that are serving our veterans out there and they're doing a great job at it. Could they do an extraordinary job at it if they work together? Mm-hmm. And that, and that's where I'm saying, let's come together. Let's come together like we have in this little old city of Waco, where we're making a difference, where we're saving lives, where we're putting people to work, where we're getting them the claims, where we're getting them on their feet, where we're giving them a house. Let's do this all over the state of Texas, yeah. and let's do this all over the nation.
3: Uh, do you think most vets feel
1: appreciated? Yeah, I think that 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 may be also uh, the generation that you're talking to. We didn't do a good job when our Vietnam vets came back and telling them, thank you for your service. But what I love to see is that they are saying that to our new vets, the people that are just getting out. And they are really having a renewed purpose, a new mission, per se, to make sure that those vets that are coming home do not have to face the same things that they did whenever they came home. Mm-hmm.
3: Do, do most vets like to hear someone walk up to them on the street and say thank you for your service?
1: I think that that depends on the veteran. You know, even those that might not say that they want to hear thank you for your service, I noticed that I saw their hat whenever I walked in. Um, you know, they, they, there's a pride there. There's a pride there, an unspoken pride of that they did raise their hand. And if you look at... at who is serving in the military now? I mean, around 1%. I am very proud, and if anybody knows me, they'll, they'll know that I'll go on and on about my son, Duncan Russell, you know, that he is uh, in the Corps of Cadets at Texas A&M, whoop, whoop, if any Aggies are out there <laughs> listening. Um, but he is already raising his hand and saying, I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to continue to protect and, and stand up and uh, be there for my country.
3: Yeah, uh, I love what you said earlier about vets having an impulse to serve. I personally believe that's why most of them join is because of that impulse. When they leave the military, they still have that impulse. And I'm wondering, are there any opportunities that come through Vet One Stop that these vets can pick up where they can continue doing service.
1: Well, absolutely. I think I mentioned our T-shirts that they say uh, "Thank you for your service. We still need you."
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, we have very few paid staff members at the Veterans One Stop, and that's why it's so important that we have our volunteers. And I think that they're coming in, and whether it be that veteran who's making biscuits and gravy, you know, <laughs> on Wednesday, to the veteran who is there listening. To uh, the the stories of someone who's just coming back in the struggles, or the the officer who can sit there and do a mock interview to help that veteran, you know, in getting a job, they are still serving and they are very needed and very important to to our mission.
3: Okay, I think that everyone has heard statistics about uh, how the incidence rate of homelessness and suicide is uh, greater. in in the veteran community than in the general population. Why is that?
1: know if it is also, I mean, it it could be a generational thing, but I think that with the homeless rate right now, if you really look at what is homeless, it might not be that person that's under the bridge, but they may be living in their mother-in-law's house, like I mentioned, or it may be doing that. They were focused on staying alive. I mean, when you're focused on staying alive and and things like that, you might not be thinking about uh, putting down that down payment for your first house. You might not be thinking about things like that. Or as far as The homeless rate as far as behavioral health needs, I mean, a lot of our veterans come back with issues Mm. and uh, making sure that they address those issues. Um, I mentioned the family and the importance of serving the family. Keeping the family together is in itself reducing the suicide rate. If you look at the incidence of suicide rates, oftentimes it's because the family has broken up. Mm -hmm. Um, If you looked at the homelessness or if you looked at, Um, the addiction process. Um, It might be because the family doesn't know how to communicate or they don't know how to stay together. So that in itself is even helping in the homeless because we are trying to keep these families together. We're trying to keep them working together.
0: Delisa, I think you probably, you kind of touched on this and Dale, this kind of probably answers your question too. From my experience talking to my brothers and sisters who are veterans, I think it's the pride. They don't want to ask for these services because they feel like they've been Pretty reliant on themselves their entire life, and they don't want to ask for these services that they need. Is that what you're seeing?
1: Absolutely. I think also in your role, and you could speak to this someone who may have only had a high school education or maybe even just a GED, when you're in the military, you still could have rank. You can still, you are playing an essential part in that unit and keeping people alive and so they're not looking at you for your education they're not looking at you on how you're dressed they're not looking at you because of your background they're looking at you because you're good at keeping them alive however when they come back to the civilian life we are looking at them to say how much education do you have we are looking at them saying What kind of clothes do you have on? We are looking at them and and making them successful. So that transition, that transition, if we can help that, taking that wonderful experience and things that they have in military life into civilian life, that's how we help our veterans. I'll
0: tell you what, Dale, on a resume, telling your employer that you have air and surface warfare pens doesn't really mean much. (laughs) They typically look at you with a blank stare like, "Uh, what? (laughs) What?
2: Do you see a higher need here because of our proximity to Fort Hood or anything like that? Or is it a need no matter where you're located?
1: This is a nationwide need. When we're talking about the suicide rate, we're talking about across the nation. But I will tell you, I am so proud to be a part of this community here in Central Texas, to have community partners like you guys um, that see how important this is, but not just see how important it is, but say, what do we do to change it? And that's where I, I just feel like we've been so successful because other people are saying, how can I help? -hmm. And it's not just a how do I help at Christmas time or how do I help at Veterans Day, but how do I help year round? Because the Veterans One Stop isn't just open on Veterans Day. The Veterans One Stop is there every day. And this community is recognizing that. But we just need to keep getting the word that we're there.
3: Yeah. I have a favor to ask. Okay. Okay. Would you be willing to tell these vets we would love to put a, a notice? up on your walls about opportunities for them to serve in this community with other charity champions that desperately need volunteers.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I
3: mean, I'm just thinking about the impact uh, on the lives of kids that would love to be at the feet of uh, these men and women in a reading buddy program where they could go to the school and maybe one hour a week read to them and the impact it can have on their lives. That's just one example.
1: You know, it's interesting that you point out that because there is a a thing that people are talking a lot now and it's called moral injury. Um, A lot of our service men and women come back and they may not have PTSD. They may not have depression or anxiety, but maybe something just doesn't sit well with their soul. And The studies have shown that one way to combat this is to get involved in your community and get involved in giving back. And so looking at all those opportunities where they can get involved and give back, whether it be at the one stop, whether it be at our animal shelter, whether it be in different areas, whatever that they can be able to handle and, and even learning, you know, maybe it's something initially that they might have a hard time doing at the beginning. How do we transition that? How do we make normal?
3: That 1% that serve in the military, uh, they represent a very unique cross section of our culture. And I've, I've heard the term used warrior class in some circles. uh, I think people have used that in a pejorative way. I, I think that's a term of honor. And uh, it's such a unique position that they hold to step off into the community and serve in these ways in a particular capacity, doing things that only they can do. That's why we need the veterans to continue to serve.
1: Exactly. And I challenge people, if you're not inclined to raise your hand and join the military, that does not mean that you don't serve. Right. You know, your service may be in serving the veterans. Your service may be in the religious community. Your service may be in the educational. Our teachers are serving. We have to find how we serve the communities that we live in. My love is the veterans. That's my mission. That's my family. But if that's not your mission or your family, don't not serve. Find it. Find it. Do it. Make your community better.
2: Yes. You talk about your family because you have you know dad and grandpa husband all of that I don't come from a military family so to me it's very interesting to learn because if you don't come from that background you don't know what sacrifices soldiers make and coming over to your location and and going through and meeting some of the people and seeing what you do and and how you're serving Uh, it it's good for people like me that don't know that much about it to get educated on the sacrifice that people make to protect us to to protect the country
1: absolutely you know we all benefit because we lay down in a free country you know we lay down in our bed at night in a free country we can criticize the military we can criticize the president we can criticize things like that because we are free and we Need to thank the people that make that possible. And so I think that people don't always realize we are still at war. There are still men and women out there on the lines right now. I mean, they've been out there for the last 18 years. Let's not forget about them. They're still serving. We still have people in other countries that are making sure that we are free and that we are protected. We may not always agree with our policies but we are a great nation and I, and coming together and supporting those men and women and looking at how we continue this life that we live um, is very important
2: it is and we're always somewhat at risk of being at war always even if current war that we're in ends it, it seems like there's always somebody else wanting to pick a fight with us or we you know so it's one of those things where we uh, we have to be prepared and we have to have the right Men and women there and I, I do believe sometimes we take it for granted because we're not at war here in the US. We're overseas at war. And so we tend to out of sight, out of mind at times.
1: Absolutely. We don't wanna see another nine eleven, but making sure that we say thank you, you know, you brought up about saying thank you, I absolutely say thank you. Um, My family teases me that they don't want to go out and eat with me because everybody that I identify as a veteran, whether they have on a hat or a tattoo or anything that I think that they might be a veteran, I walk over and I give them a card and say, thank you and come to the veterans one stop. We need you. Um, That's not just to get them to come over and uh, volunteer, but to come over and see, you know, see what we're doing. Spread that word.
3: I have one last question. When you have a bad day, that one stop and you have to have one occasionally (laughs) what keeps you going?
1: There are bad days there are days that we may lose somebody Mm. there are days that maybe I couldn't come up with that answer Mm. but I will tell you I look up on the wall at those pictures of those veterans that have come and gone I look at that picture of my blue eyed boy and I say I'm not going to quit I'm not going to quit them I'm not going to quit serving I'm not going to quit what I'm doing maybe I hit a bump in the road, and I didn't do everything I wanted to do today, but I'm going to keep on fighting, and, if, and I'm going to keep doing it for them.
2: Amen. Absolutely. Well, Delisa, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, if, if I'm listening to this podcast and I want to find you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Website, email, phone, You know, stop by, give, give us some of the details of how we can get Absolutely.
1: In touch. You are always welcome at the Veterans One Stop. That's at 2010 LaSalle in Waco. Our telephone number is 254- Come by, get a tour, see how you can get involved. You can uh, go to our Facebook page, which is the Heart of Texas Veterans One Stop. Um, You can go to our Instagram. You can go to, I'm not a good tweeter, (laughs) (laughs) but but, but we are trying to get on Twitter. And our website is hotveteransonestop.org.
2: Wonderful. Excellent. Thanks for coming. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, I, every time I'm around you, I learn something new and, and you fire me up. You're a, a motivational person to be around. So thank you. Thank coming you for from what you, you that,
1: is a, that is a true compliment. <laughs> I appreciate that.
2: You bet.
0: Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampionsforlife.com and find the nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all our charity champions at charitychampionsforlife.com. We'll see you next time.